This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Huracan 2017. Crush your enemies, drive them before you, and hear the lamentations of their women. Delve into the many aspects of the Dark Ages at Huracan 2017 from September 28th through October 1st and experience the best historical miniature gaming convention in Florida. Hosted by the Historical Miniatures Gaming Society South Chapter, Huracan offers both the novice and the veteran hobby gamer a fantastic weekend of tabletop excitement and camaraderie. There will be over 100 different game events across nine scheduled sessions, and these activities will include war games, role-playing games, and board games across a wide range of time periods, genres, and rule systems. In addition to the games, there will be merchant vendors selling game product and fast and furious flea market loaded with hidden treasures and fantastic deals. And there will also be some of the most talented and friendly gamers with whom you ever could hope to share a game table. Huracan 2017 will be held at the Park Inn by Radisson Resort and Conference Center in Kissimmee, Florida, just off of U.S. Highway 192. Special convention rate hotel rooms are $82 per night, plus tax, with no additional resort fees. Convention pre-registration admission price is $25 for HMGS South members or $40 for non-members. For more information, visit hmgs-south.com and follow the links to Huracan 2017. The Dark Ages don't miss out. This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Retro Game Treasure. Retro Game Treasure is an amazing monthly subscription service. They send you custom tailored boxes straight to your door from the video games that you love. You go on there, you have a wish list, you have your console of choice. They'll send you games from an assortment of consoles like NES, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, Sega CD, Sega Dreamcast, Sega Game Gear, Game Boy Color, Xbox, PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, GameCube, and many more. Now announcing they are delivering straight to you Nintendo DS games and PSP games. What do the listeners of the Happy Hour get, Deuce? Put in Happy Hour in the promo box and you'll get $2 off your order. Remember, with Retro Game Treasure, you get classic video games delivered every month. Go to RetroGameTreasure.com, pick your consoles, set your preferences, and add to your wish list. And don't forget to tell them that the Happy, Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Hello, Antoinette. Yeah, we back in the fact. Don't know you had a long day, but let us inject. Sit back, relax, and have some cold beer. Gotta pay a few bills. Yeah, we're all clear. And it's Deuce on the loose. You know the tag team champion. We get the biggest pop when we hit the ramp. The outlaws of the new age. And we still got love for the retro ways. You know, Nintendo. Sega Genesis, so many systems, your dreamcast and reminisce. So pull back the curtain and hit the booth, cause it's the happy hour podcast with Johnny and Duke. Yeah. Hello, internets. My Hello. name is Johnny Womack, and I have my main man. Deuce. What's going on, brother? Hey, man. We are the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. We are a twice-weekly podcast dropping on Tuesdays and Fridays for your listening pleasure. 
And Does of that course, mean you drop a deuce twice a week? He does. Yeah, we do. We do drop that deuce <laughs> twice a week. He does drop. At least, nice. at least we try to. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but we've got our good friend here, uh, my booth buddy, on several occasions, Christian Basil. Yes. So, welcome to the happy hour, Johnny Deuce. I am very, very, I'm very happy to be exciting you guys because uh, Deuce has been on our show twice. Yes. So now I get to take over. I get to. Yeah. I get to, you get to sit in the, the fun seat people. instead of being in the in the driver's seat because the the first time I did the show, which actually go ahead and tell them the show and give them all the links before we start talking about how amazing yep. it is. Hey, yeah, everybody. Um, definitely all listeners out there for a happy hour with Johnny and Deuce. If you're a big Doctor Who or sci-fi fan, we got a little alternative for you as well. If you want to increase your podcast library, come to us over here at Marku42. You can catch us there on Facebook. Uh, you can catch us on iTunes. You can catch us on Twitter. And recently, in our fifth year, going towards, by the way, congratulations on your 300th episode. Thank you, brother. Thank you, sir. We what are you guys at now? Yeah, I was about to say, we are catching up on our 200th episode, so oh, we're nice. on the slacker side. And definitely, you guys can catch us on iHeartRadio, which was a nice little fifth-year anniversary for, for our sake. We are coming up on our 200th episode, and as we approach October, we are getting our Halloween month in. Um, still a lineup, a lot of spooky guests that we're going to be having, and hopefully... Uh, one of the guests that we're getting is going to be somebody who's a relative of one of the uh, spooky people. The, you've probably seen her at Spooky Empire, and I'm going to hold hold it at that. There you go, a little sneak. No promises. I hate to make. I hate to say that, and then, then something happens and they don't show up. But uh, hopefully, we will get this uh, person onto the show, and we're really excited. Well, don't October. feel bad. We actually taped an episode last week, uh, and the whole episode we talked about how much we enjoyed the interview with this guy, and the interview with the guy was going to be afterwards, and yeah. there may have been a little bit of a time difference, and like for a while there, we didn't know if we were going to get the interview or not, or if we were going to have a problem, and Johnny yeah. was like, dude, I'm going to have to edit all that out if we don't get this interview. <laughs> Talking about how amazing this oh, interview was. That. And it's like, oh, it was like, dude, I totally understand. Like, I feel you. Now, everything worked out great. It was awesome. And the interview was amazing. But we were both, like, looking at each other like, dude, if we don't get this interview, like, half the The first 20 get, minutes are going to have to be, like, cut like, out. Cut yeah. out. So the episode's going to go from an hour down to, like, 40, 30 minutes or something. Yeah. So, so. Uh, it's it's one of the it's one of the challenges of when you when we we call it putting them in a can it means they're they're an episode that's been recorded and we're going to put it out later. But sometimes some things happen or we get delayed or we go to convention and then when we put out the episode we just realize oh by the way they had mentioned something that they were doing two weeks later after the episode recorded but we're now we're putting the. Uh, the the episode two weeks after that that event happened so I'm like oh great no so, that's happened with us before too and we just we personally we just let it fly and we're like oops because sometimes that'll happen or like especially yeah. like when we're taping at like a live event and we're doing a bunch of shows in a row and they might sit in the can for a while and then when you release it it's like you're talking about something before it came out and now it's actually come out and it's like uh, but it's one of those catch-22s because what are you going to do? You don't want to lose all the content. Well, we also yeah. do something I do this a lot. We're like, as as of recording, we say that a lot because sometimes things can change. Uh, as of recording this episode with you, Christian, uh, uh, Hurricane Irma has not come to Florida yet. And, uh, no. So we Jeez. are oh uh, thoughts and prayers out to people in, you know, uh, was it Baruta and uh, Puerto Rico and yeah. all these places, the Caribbeans, you know, getting hit right now. And, uh 
everything that the Beach Boys saying is really in trouble right yeah. now. She really is. So, so we hope yeah. we hope a lot of people, you know, are able to get shelter and they're okay. And our you know thoughts and prayers go out to them. And and hopefully, all of us, you know, in hindsight, this could yeah, be. Yeah, hopefully, our, hopefully we're all okay yeah, when this is airing. Or, exactly. Yeah. So, or this could be in memorium. Which we <laughs> induce. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that got dark really quick. So to lighten the mood a little bit, I was gonna say, uh, you know, Christian has been so nice and mark to have me on their show twice now the first time uh mark was hosting which was hilarious because uh to pull back the curtain so i'm on my phone using skype which is not the greatest and i'll be the first to admit that well i i, I had my phone on vibrate because i didn't want anything to go off well i forgot to hit the Hi. mute button so it kept like vibrating and they're yes. like man the internet is farting and i'm like uh, like halfway through the episode, I figured out it was my phone. So then I started muting it, except for when I had to talk, which the only bad news is it made it to where there was not a lot of content of me. But I don't think that was it, it's never the point when I'm guesting on someone to like try and steal the spotlight and be it's all about me because, you know, they're they're not if, if they want to listen to me, they'll listen to Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. When they listen to Mark 42, they want to listen to Mark and Christian and maybe have a couple of my jokes thrown in there. But like, I never want to, like, step on anybody else's toes. So, like, I felt really bad about that. Then the second time Christian ran it and it, I think it, at least on my end, except for maybe one or two things, it went really, really well. Um but, like, I have a blast when I'm on their show, so I'm always begging to come back on their show. And, like, I'm trying to fight and scrap for, like, an assistant <laughs> role to, like, be able to go to cons and help them out and stuff. Because when me and Christian do cons together, we have a blast. Yeah, and what was, was the last was con great. you guys did together? Was uh, what, what Ink, Ink to Geek yeah. was the last one. But they he bought us. interviewed me. Yeah, yeah I interviewed right. him, yep. and we did an episode with him. Uh, and you were nice enough to invite me to the to the Spacey Awards and uh, the Space Coast Comic Con, which got canceled because of the hurricane and everything. Yeah. But uh, like Christian was like, "Dude, if you want to come, like I got you. Like, don't worry about it. Like, come on out." And I was like, "Man, I don't know." And then the storm popped up, and I'm like, "Now I definitely don't know." And then everything got canceled. But like. Christian's like my podcast brother next to you, of course, right. because like he's always looking out for me or if there's like something coming up, he's like, hey, do you know about this? Like it, Christian's like a really good semi father figure to me because he keeps an eye on me at conventions so I don't get out of control. And then two, he always <laughs> kind of tries to point me in the right direction of like, hey, if you talked to this guy, he'd be pretty cool. Or, hey, have you heard of this con? So I brother man to man, I appreciate it, you looking out for me. Yeah, Sonny, get off my lawn now. <laughs> Who's your daddy? <laughs> yeah, and and uh, Deuce uh, broke something to me literally at Inkton Geek when he was interviewing me, <laughs> and it's uh, it's recorded now on tape forever. And it was like, oh my god! And I, yeah, had Deuce not said anything, I would have blamed it on the guy who just walked behind. Oh, me. Oh, is like, that oh, when I ripped god. ass? And it yeah, was like, it was, it was like, like death god. because I had only been eating food that came out of boxes <laughs> and chilies, and like the night before, we had all you can eat ribs at Sunny's. So it was just this gastrointestinal backup sewage fart. That like probably knocked over at least three small children. So your Deuce was on the loose. Deuce was very loose <laughs> that morning. So yeah, I was like, oh man, yeah. 
like poor Christian about said, it's a gastronomic wonderland. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it was bad, and I and I felt bad for him, and I really felt bad for the couple of cosplayers we had to interview later that day because they had to sit my like stinky fart ass chair like the whole time. So yeah, always always a good time here at the Happy Hour with Johnny and Juice. Always, yeah. it's always off the rails. Always. Off the rails, and sometimes on the rails. So wait, that didn't sound right, did it? On the rails? No. I guess. We, don't we never any. keep anything on the rails. So we don't. I don't know. That's yeah. true. Yeah. I don't know what that would even be. So, yeah. On the rails? The, on the Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. So, now yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Johnny and Deuce have taken a new load. Yeah. So. Exactly. <laughs> right into the gutter. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's all, you know, it's all good. You yeah. know, I think people still yeah. say that, right? Circa uh, 1998. I, it's I all good. Know. It's all good. But, uh, Christian, what's been going on with your show lately? Because, like, it was great because you guys were having me on a lot when you were reviewing the last season of Doctor Who, which I had a blast doing with you guys and can't wait to do again, maybe when the new season starts with the new Doctor. But, uh, like, uh, what's what's on deck? Is there anything you can you can squeal about or maybe drop a little hints of that's coming around the corner? Well, not, not that I can't say it. It's just um, as we're approaching our 200th episode, um, we're still getting guests in and stuff like that. So I, I, I hate saying, and we've done this on the show, we say, oh, yeah, we're going to have this guest show up, and they don't. Or for whatever reason, at the last minute, they cancel. So I, I, we're, we're approaching number 200. We're going to make it a big thing. We're getting into our Halloween season and we like to go out with that uh we're gonna try to see if we can get some spectacular people like people from the walking dead and stuff but um just keep an eye on our facebook site or website marku 42.net and uh just we'll have we have a guest we actually i think um if i'm not mistaken i think we're up to 100 celebrities Oh, Somewhere wow. nice. the, like 80 of them were for, from Doctor Who and 20 of them were like Bruce Boxleitner or Claudia Christian, yeah. uh, Dan Shore. I mean, like people from uh, Garrett Wong from Star Trek Voyager. And it, it's yeah. been it's been a podcast adventure for a bit of a cliche. It's just been a great time. Oh, that's what she said. But yeah. it's been <laughs> a wonderful ride. Well, that's what she said. I can't you know, I can't stop now. Um but it, it's, it, it's you know, we've been going to all these conventions. We've been meeting all these people. We've been networking, and it, it's just been it's been totally insane. And we never thought that we'd be coming up to our fifth year and, and getting to this. Uh, you know, we were always betting, oh, God, we'll probably, you know, bum out at year three. And uh, a lot of people are listening thanks to iHeart and Krypton Radio. The search has been – the audience has been coming in in droves and uh it, it's just amazing uh it's it, you know it's it used to be like oh great you know after the first month that we started we're kind of like we were happy we had 300 people come up or download or anything like that now we're we're really getting a lot of people listening to us and it's just amazing and mark even hands me the demographics at times and he and then i'll see something like oh um okay united states united kingdom new zealand germany russia who the hell is listening to us in russia <laughs> yeah we no, get that that happens to us all the time too like we've got like a big contingency yeah. in brazil in brazil of all and places. we're like brazil like we never we've never advertised in brazil uh, yeah. yeah so we're like how did that happen but with the the magic of the internet things like that happen which is really cool and and it's it's something kind of like you just talked about and i'm hoping me and johnny could do i guess we're gonna have to shoot and do it at 400 now because every like when we got closer to 200 we're like we want to have a big 200th episode and then we just got so busy we didn't have time and then right. 300 we wanted to have a big episode yeah. which we did with al snow which was amazing but like i keep saying oh. like this 
once we get to this, you know, 100 mark, like 300 or 400 or whatever, we want to do something really big. We like, wanna, a live like a live event. Like a live event or do something with, like, the fans or even just do one, like, a road to 400, where, like, where it's a couple episodes leading up to it to kind of build up steam. But we just get so busy with all the guests we have we do, yeah. and then life gets in the way yeah. and, you know. It's just one of those things, but I mean, congratulations to yeah, you man, guys. The iHeart so, thing is amazing. That's awesome. That's how freaks us out. That really freaks us out to this day. I, I was just like, I never thought that anything that I would be doing would be a part of iHeart Radio. Here we are. I'm like, holy cow. Yeah. But you guys are getting up to 300. Yeah. And what would what would you ultimately like to be your 400 episode? If you had the ultimate thing, if you could get the ultimate guest, or you could have the ultimate panel, what would you or what would you do for number 400? Like, if I gave you, because uh, I can tell you my answer, but if I gave you a magic wand, Johnny, what guess would you want for 400? Yeah. Because I know what mine would be. Um, for me, 400, uh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to think about it. I, I, I would say Kevin Smith. Like, that's the, oh. that's like. Well, the that's, guy, an obvi- uh, that's an obvious yeah, answer. Like, I've, I, like yeah. I really look up to Kevin Smith, and like that's a guy. Like, There's I, a smart really, cast yeah, and all that. Like, yeah, like, he, he's kind of the pod father, if you will, like, for a lot of people. Because a <laughs> lot of people kind of came to the podcast table because of him and Chris Hardwick. Like, when you think of, like, the founding fathers of uh, podcasts. Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla. He's another one that's been doing it forever. Yeah, oh, Mark yeah. Marin, Joe Rogan. Like, right. if you had, like, a Mount Rushmore, those if you will, a podcaster, yeah. those would be the people <laughs> on it. And, uh, you know, that that's a guy I would love to have. Him or, or Chris Hardwick one, either of the two. Like, if I had a magic wand and could just, you know, summon up whatever guest I wanted for 400. Yeah, that, I think that, that, that those those would be some good names. And those, you know, those are people that have been doing it for literally decades. You know, they've been doing it forever. Yeah. You know, podcast, you know, it's so weird when you think, oh, 1990 wasn't just 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, the 90s weren't 10 years right. ago. It's so weird to say that those over yeah. 20 years ago was the 90s. But, you know, back when you know, the iPod era started, you know, that's when podcasts really started, you know, with iTunes and whatnot, really started to grow, you know. And then, of course... Google and everyone else got into the picture later on, but like it's it's very interesting to see how accessible podcasts are because literally you could be anybody if you have a, a topic of interest and people want to hear about it. Though you mm-hmm. can be surprised by people want to hear about it. I mean, yeah. Deuce and I have known each other for twenty years, and you know, it's easy for us because yeah. like we've got like a like an unwritten kind of dialogue. Like we can look at each other and kind of know what's going on, and we've got hand signals because you know we've been doing this so long, we can kind of know. Like if it's going good, if it's going bad, what we need to do, if we need to break, you know, we've we've kind of we've learned over these a lot of trial episodes. and error. Oh, you know? a hell of so, a lot yeah. of, of of trial and error, and we're just still learning. I mean, yeah. it, that was telling. We were talking to another podcaster as well, uh, Michael. He's uh, has a podcast called uh, Jack of All Nerds. Jack of All Nerds, and he was really cool. And he, you know, it's it's cool to talk to other people that are doing what you do because you always learn something. And I feel like that's the best way to learn is surround yourself with people that are doing what you love and, yeah. and like, and that inspires you. And I love being inspired and you can hopefully inspire them and vice versa. And, and learn like exactly. our big thing is like, we love sitting under the learning tree oh, and yeah. to have people like you that have been doing this longer than we have and being like, Hey, you know, what are your thoughts? How did you get into it? Like what kind of, you know, what inspired you? Like having them answer those questions to us is good. And also it's so nice to have podcasters on the air with us. Like, cause they know it, the deal. They know a, how it works. It's a cakewalk. Yep. Cause I mean, we go into some interviews and it's, they've like, never been on a mic before. They've Simple. never been on a mic before. And it's, it's right. cringeworthy. And you know, but then when you get a podcaster on, it's like, 
oh, I can uh, I can relax and kind of put yeah, on. Yeah, they know the deal. They know yeah. they know what it's all about. So. Yeah, we can also relate too. We know we know the drill. We know what to say. We know what to do. Okay, let's get let's get it on. Yeah, but uh, exactly. yeah, it it yeah, it's been just an exciting ride, and I I think you can agree with me. Every single doesn't matter if you are doing episode one, if you're doing episode 100, 1,000, Every episode is a learning curve. Is a new learning thing yeah learning curve uh, because you you keep going and going and going and realize oh my god you'll still be at episode 5000 if we make it that long yeah uh, if we, you'll be up at episode 5000 and still something to learn there and there've been so many challenges and so many things that we had to adapt to or you know we finally got the feel when we first started out over here um Simon Fisher Becker was the first actual TV guest that we had and I was afraid because I actually got him on from Facebook. So I, at the time, I was like, is this the real Simon Fisher Becker? Because, you know, there's like four or five hundred people impersonating, you know, Matt Smith or Peter Capaldi or David Tennant. So I'm like, is this for real? And then all of a sudden when he uh, got on the air, uh, he put up his video thinking we were recording video. I said, no, no. And it actually showed him. I was like, holy cow. So that was our first guest, and I didn't know how to react, and we had a great time. He actually came back for our second episode. But as we progressed, you know, it still doesn't get easier because of the new guest, even though it, 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 it's a different guest, it's still, you, you still have a pattern now, and, you, and, you, and you, you can feel the vibe and the energy of how you're going to steer the conversation. But still, you don't know what's going to come out of their mouth. You don't know what's – and uh, quite a few guests have said things. I'm like, oh, I don't know if we put that on the show or not. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. And that's the funny thing too because like when you're dealing with a guest, you're just privileged enough to have them on. So like you're not at that point going to start giving them out ground rules and being like, look, you need to do this, this, and this. So you kind of got to roll with the punches, and you're right. Sometimes they'll say things, and you're like, oh, like, I don't know if that's oh, yeah. going to make it to air or not. But, I mean, at least we've got the content, and we got, you know, kind of what we wanted out of the guests. But, yeah, like, that's always a learning curve with it us. It is, because the last thing you want to do, and I do all of our audio engineering, so to speak, editing. So it's like the last thing you want to do is if they open their mouth and, and put their foots in their own mouth, you don't mm -hmm. want them, because you're there to help lift them up right you're not yeah, you don't yeah, want them yeah, to be like oh man they just said something that's detrimental to their character or who they are as a person yeah, yeah, yeah. you know even though it's just you know we're still considered a small podcast you know but we're still grassroots still doing the organic thing you know trying to get the word out word of mouth and whatnot but it's like you know you don't want them to be like oh man i shouldn't have said that on that podcast now they yeah. regret it you know it you know they don't know what come up from it, but it's you. You always want to try to you know our our the way we tag it is like we're trying we're trying to give people a, a platform to be able to mm -hmm. talk because some of these people you've never heard them. They're not they don't they don't do a lot of some people don't do a lot of documentaries. They don't do a lot of behind the scenes or they never really like we have cosplayers that come on and they've never talked to people before yeah. or they've never oh, yeah. their fans have never heard who they were or what they sounded like. So it's a cool way for them to kind of you know relax and you know and a lot of times and you've probably experienced this. You talk to a guest and they. You had a, you have a, a vision in mind, but and it mm -hmm. totally goes the opposite way. You're not even talking about cosplay or talking about their craft. They're just talking about movies. Like we geeked out about Star Wars with people before, and we weren't even going to go in that direction. It just happened. And then and it's like oh, 45 right. minutes in, it's like oh shit, we probably ought to ask them a couple questions about cosplay. <laughs> yeah, since we just spent the last 45, you know, 
talking about, about Star Wars, the Rogue, or, or, the, yeah, yeah, like Rogue One or like whatever. We, we've had that happen a lot, and it's also been nice because we've been having the opportunity to have cosplayers on. They're like, I really appreciate this because my fans have seen what I look like, but they've never heard my voice. Right. So it's a way for them to kind of experience more of like what I do and kind of what I'm about, which I think is they're really not cool. just a yeah. picture. You know what I mean? They're they're more. There's you humanize them a little bit. You give them a little more. Like, hey, these people are. They right. exist. They have a job. They, you know, this might be the full-time job, and they might not. They might just yeah. do it for fun. But you know, it's a cool way to show that. And my my question for you is like, I yeah. I, I want to let the as Du said earlier, I I I've only tried Doctor Who one time. Um, yeah. And it was back in two thousand five when the new Who as as they uh, they tag it. Uh, I started. It wasn't. It didn't tickle my fancy. It was. It didn't. You know. It didn't do anything for me. And I, I, I come from a huge sci-fi background. I love Star Wars. Star Wars is probably number number one. But I love Battlestar Galactica, Star Trek. I've watched forever. Uh, so I'm a big. I'm big into sci-fi stuff. So th- I'm. I'm there. But I'm all. I, and I love. And I love. You know, stuff like from Joss Whedon and whatnot. You know, Buffy and all that. You know, great stuff. But. I, it feels to me like maybe I haven't found the right doctor. I think that's what a lot of people are telling me is you got to find poss- that that find that doctor. Yeah, it's a possibility. I mean, you've got like what now thirteen people to choose from, or uh, yeah. uh, as Jody coming into the show, it, you know, you will have thirteen people to choose from. Some people were turned on, some people are turned off. Uh, this person came in, and as soon as the next guy came in, they're like, "I'm shutting it off because of and it it." it each doctor's not for everybody, and over its fifty-year run, I'm not going to. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. They've had some bad stories. There's yeah. no way that you can be on long, as on TV and you try to do these little filler episodes and not hit some, you know, dirt in in the, in the diamond rough. It's just going to, you know, you're going to have a few bad stories. You're going to have a few things. Uh, you know, I usually try to figure out who the person is. I'm like, let me let me put it this way, Johnny. What kind of movies do you like? What yeah. well, what do your what what's your geek card say? Yeah, so I mean, I, you know, like I, I love Star Wars for example. I love Star Wars. Um, I'm okay. A, a huge fan of Blade Runner, Indiana Jones, stuff like that. Uh, I love uh, uh, Dark City. I don't know if you've heard that, seen that film or not. I love that film. Uh, I just, you know, I'm I'm very big into Tarantino. I love Tarantino flicks. Uh, big into video games. Uh, I love anime, comic books. Yeah, you know, the the whole typical nerd fair. But like I. You know, television shows, Battlestar Galactica, Twilight Zone's a, hu- a huge Twilight Zone nut. Like, probably my favorite show of all time, Gun to the Head. Love that show, the original Twilight Zone. And uh, so I'm very big into that mysterious, unknown kind of thing. So, like, the whole TARDIS thing kind of intrigues me. And, the t- you know, the Time Lords, is that what they're called? Yeah. yeah. But that it's stuff a great storytelling Right. Uh, that stuff device. intrigues me. I just yeah. think, who is, no, you, you guys, I don't know the name. So I know, I've heard of Matt Smith. I've heard of David Tennant. Like, I'm aware of these people. But who's right. the one that started out in 05? Who was the first guy? Uh, or, that would Chris be Chris Eccleston. Chris maybe that's, maybe I just didn't gravitate towards that doctor. So No, well, first of all, if I usually... I usually tell people start at the reboot because that'll bring you into the progression of things and then keep going up until Capaldi. And then if you feel confident and like if you're really enjoying it, then go back into the classic series. Um, probably then you've start. got an appreciation for it because exactly. like to watch the older Who stuff because like I came to the party with New Who, which is the re- what we call the reboot. Right. Like so when I go and see the classic Doctor Who. I've got an appreciation for it, so I can slug through some of the the bad stories or the bad acting or the really bad effects because the budget was like 
three uh, leftover bacon chalupa wrappers. Because, you know, <laughs> so, like, I, like, you can slog through it. Now, my personal opinion, I've said for Johnny, would be this. He either needs to start on the first season of New Who when Captain Jack shows up near the end because there's only, mm-hmm. like, two or three episodes left of that season. And you could jump in right there and be okay and, like, get it and then only see those three and then – David Tennant shows up, who I think you'll really like. I love David Tennant, and, the actor. And your so. wife will really like him, too. So I think that would be good. Or just start right when the regeneration with David Tennant and go from there. Actually, Johnny, I would probably insist that you start at Reboot. I would start at Rose. And I know this is going to be a progression, but it's going to give you the appetizers of what the series is all about. Because you're going to get Rose. It's it's going to be hokey. I'm sure you saw that. Um, you know, the trash can that eats Mickey, you know, it kind of gets weird, but it was trying to appease the audience that you, when when they started the reboot, you got to realize they had an older audience and now trying to get a younger audience to jump in and enjoy this. So they had to appease two sets of audiences here. So it's, it was kind of a little hokey. And then when you get to the next episode, which is the end of the world, um, then you get to see more of the backstory of what's going on and what the doctor's all about. The third story is the one that I like because it kind of now moves you into what Doctor Who kind of had been in the classic series where they bring in um, Charles Dickens as a character to, uh, you know, get the feel of how historic, you know, the Doctor time travels. So you get the feel of how he works through history and how he has fun with it and stuff like that. And then you get to the next episode, which is Dalek, and it's a darker deeper moving you you get the feel of everything so it's kind of like if i brought out the appetizer dish at tgi fridays and it's the big sampler so you kind of start with this one then go to this one and this one this one then you get the feel of everything and then i bring out the entrees in the later episodes and then you move into david Tennant and matt smith and peter capaldi so i would definitely start at the reboot at rose just so you get the feel of it just hang on to it because uh, about you know one and two may be a little hokey Three gets to start taking off. Four is really the core of what Doctor Who is all about. You finally get to see the badass enemy that he had to deal with since the first episode that he was in. So that that would be my guess. That, that, that would be my take. But also, if you want to jump around just to get the feel of other Doctors, if you want to get something... Um, from what you're telling me is a lot of people think this is a little bit controversial as a, a as a starter kit is an episode called Blink, which is actually written by Stephen Moffat, who currently right now is still the showrunner. He's a really great writer. And you, you said you like things that spooked you. The only thing that really that is not so great about the episode Blink is that, uh, as Patty, one of our co-hosts says, it's Doctor Who light. So you get a really great story, but you don't get the story of the doctor. You get the story of somebody else's and the doctor is involved. But you get the really good stuff that Doctor Who is all about. And there's really some great episodes. If you were somebody who was into romance, uh, or you could watch this too, um, there's an episode in Matt Smith's time called Vincent and the Doctor, another one where it goes into a historical figure with Victor Van Gogh. And it's a really moving story with monsters and uh, an interaction with a classic, uh, I, I'm sorry, an interaction with a historical figure, and the doctor interacts with this, and it's really a, a tearjerker at the end. It really pounds down at the heart when everything is said and done. And it's it's a wonderful ride. The episodes like that, I really, really think is the best of Doctor Who. Well, my question to you is, uh, well, first of all, 
Have, has any doctor done more than one season? Uh, yes. Um, uh, after Christopher Eccleston, he only did one season. Uh, his predecessor, depending upon the, the lineage, uh, Paul McGann only did one episode, and that was the TV movie. Uh, but he's still considered the eighth doctor. Uh, David Tennant, Matt Smith, and Peter Capaldi have all done about two or three seasons. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, because I wasn't sure if it was like every season they did a new doctor. I wasn't sure if that's how that worked or not. No, no, it's it's. Um, are you are you familiar with the regeneration process? A uh, little bit. Um, maybe you okay. can expand for me and for the audience that may not watch Doctor Who. What is the sure, regeneration the, process? The reason why, and I think it keeps this uh, the show fresh, is. Um, this show, series started in 1963, and I'm bringing it back here because there's a little bit of an explanation that when the first Doctor, William Hartnell, 1966, he's getting a little older, um, he's forgetting his lines and stuff like that. So the producers came up with this wonderful idea and this concept, well, he's an alien, can he change his appearance? So his body dies and becomes a whole new body. They didn't even come up with the word regeneration as of yet. All of a sudden, he just changed his appearance. Now, you got to think back. In 1966, you get attached to this main character, and then all of a sudden, it changes. It'd be like watching, uh, for people who are not familiar with it, it would be like um, halfway through Captain Kirk's voyages, uh, you know, all of a sudden, he gets shot, and then he goes in the hospital, wake up with surgery, and he looks like Captain Picard. All of a sudden, that just happens through the series. You know, you're just like, what? <laughs> so, um, but there's an explanation to it. Or for people who are like for James Bond, just imagine there was a reason why Sean Connery ended up looking like Roger Moore. And, you know, he was an explosion, hardly disfigured, and they did surgery, and then all of a sudden, boom, he's Roger Moore. But he has a different personality. He has a different take, but it's still the core essence of the alien that he is somebody who... Uh, you know, wants to just protect people, uh, you know, protect planets and, and just kick bug eye monsters in the tush. Well, I think that helps me, actually, because I, I, you, you spoke of my number five, uh, James Bond. Like, I'm a huge James Bond nut. So, like, if I have to break it down, I'd go uh, in order. Uh, Star Wars, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Twilight Zone, uh, James Bond. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I mean, those are like my core, you know, those are like my core favorite franchises. And James Bond, I, I, I literally own like all of the movies and I have the box set on Blu-ray. Like I, I got everything and I, I love that show. And I do, that kind of helps me understand the show better with the different, yeah, you know, Bonds. So no one's really explained it to me that way. So yeah. that's kind of interesting. Uh, but it's on Netflix or Amazon Prime or, well, or Hulu. Um, Who has it now? Do Who you has know? it? Um, if you want to catch the classic series, uh, there is a station um, that we're um, uh, that we're working with called Retro TV. I believe it's a cable channel. I'm still trying to find out more about it. Um, there's also you can get an app now for the classic series called BritBox, and I think it's like seven bucks. You get an app for your phone. You can watch all the classic series from the first 26 years, and I think the TV movies in there as well as if I'm not mistaken. Uh, currently, right now, I think the only way you can see the new series is either to buy the DVDs or watch BBC America. Gotcha. Okay. Which so is yeah that that was a weird thing for me because for a long time it was on Netflix. It was. Yeah, uh, that's Doctor how I Who watched and like, Torchwood and all right, that stuff. Yeah. Um, but then it, they took it off, and for some reason, I thought maybe it went to Hulu or Amazon Prime. I didn't know that they went to just 
you can only get the box sets and stuff like that. It's 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 hard to track it now, especially with the new series. And I think what the BBC is doing is kind of in. Uh, don't quote me on this too much, but I think they're kind of going the same way that CBS is doing with uh, Star Trek Discovery. They're kind of bringing it home and saying, this is our stuff. You know, if you want to watch Doctor Who, you you need to go through us. I could be totally wrong about that, but I think that's kind of in the direction where they're going. But I do appreciate certain outlets like Retro TV, where you can just watch an episode of the classic series. And BBC America, at least, is showing the new series. And in some cases, they'll repeat some of the old stuff. So it's 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 really good out there. Yeah, they used to, to, like, in the middle of the day, show, like, maybe at 9 or 10 or something, show, like, a couple episodes back-to-back. So you just have to, like, DVR it and kind of jump yeah. in wherever they're at, which I know isn't the greatest way to do it. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised, and this is just my two cents, because we know nothing about what they're doing. If BBC doesn't end up going the way of CBS and doing the CBS All Access, where you pay like eight or nine bucks a month, yeah, that's but what you I was can watch that. all their, yeah, I think that they're, in my humble opinion, I think now that they've got the rights back, I think they're looking at maybe doing that kind of model because they've got a lot of good BBC programming that they could put on an app and charge like seven, eight bucks a month, and I think people would buy it not just for Doctor Who but for all the different BBC shows that they've got on there. Oh yeah. I, that'd be great. I just want to watch an episode at any given time, and I don't have to futz around with my DV, DVDs or hopefully my DVR recorded something on the TV. I can just pull it up on an app, put it on my phone or my laptop, and just put it on the TV and just go you know, watch it whenever I want to and introduce people to new Doctor Who, which has been the challenge of – what people have been asking me most at conventions, you know, how can I watch the old stuff? And I'm like, at that time, it was the same thing. We'll go watch Netflix or then it went to Amazon Prime. And the next thing you know, they disappeared. I'm like, well, good luck to you. On <laughs> yeah, because that's you know, the only reason they kind of shot themselves in the fo- foot. Just because it's like if you want to bring new people to the party, you got to get them introduced to it. And it used to be easier, like we said, with Netflix and everything. But. I just, in the back of my mind, that's that's what's kind of gnawing at it is that, that that's probably going to be what they do. I don't think it's not the fact that they don't want to bring party, people to the party. I just think they want to bring people to the party at their house. So, yeah. Which, hey, I can't know. blame them on that because they no, want the it, revenue. No. And at the end of the day, it's actually good for us because if the revenue is going back to the BBC. Then they right. could put more money into it, especially if it's something like an app like that where – Okay, which show is actually getting the most watch on the app? Oh, it's Doctor Who. Oh, maybe yeah. we should actually give them more than, you know, uh, two $5 boxes from Taco Bell for a budget. Maybe we <laughs> should actually, uh, you know, give them a decent budget so they can do more, uh, which uh, credit where credit is due, the budget on the, the newest series as of late has been way better than it's been in years, in my humble opinion. I, I think it's had some challenges. Uh, one of the things that uh, we, bo- we we promote on our show is, you know, we've been kind of critical with each season. And it's not that we hate Doctor Who. People are going like, why do you hate it? Well, you know, why you I'm like, no, it's not that we hate it. We have some core values that we grew up with when it was on PBS. And we're just making sure that that show sticks to them. And we know that it has to evolve. I mean, a show being on this long. And having the same main character is, you know, I can you point another show that even comes close to this? Probably not. So, but we want to make sure that the new generation 
who appreciate Doctor Who now understand what our generation gave up, and and we love that there, you know, the, that the the kid that I grew up geeking out who was afraid to talk about Doctor Who to his class. I mean, it, it's a whole new world too, because the kids today they're walking around with fezes, they're playing with sonic screwdrivers, they're walking around with scarves. You know, they they've got their 3D glasses. I would not been able to do this when I grew up. I would have been in the toilet seat upside down, you know, with the bullies out there. Nobody, you know, they, you know, if it wasn't Transformers, it wasn't GI Joe, if it wasn't something that was hip at that time. Even the Marvel comics and stuff like that, I, you know, forget it. I, it wasn't. It, 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 I, at least the kids get to appreciate what I wanted to appreciate back then. And now I, I, it's kind of like a redemption for me. And Johnny, you said you had some more questions, dude. Hit me up. Well, we do, but first we're going to pay some of the bills here at the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. And oh, yeah, we got to do those things. We got to do those things, but we're going to be back with Christian Basil from Mark Who 42. This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by the Lakeland Role Playing Guild. Join the adventure with the Lakeland Role Playing Guild. Founded in 2000, the Guild starts its 18th year of supporting and promoting the role-playing game hobby in September with a big anniversary party and some lightly structured games. The Guild hosts too many convention-style game nights every month on the 2nd and 4th Fridays where you can find up to four scheduled and prepared games plus up to three open tables all ready for a packed four hours of hobby-centered fun and fellowship. Among the regularly scheduled games on the LRPG's rotating calendar are three exclusive in-house House ongoing campaigns, one exclusive in-house mini campaign anthology series, and a few periodic episodes of members' personal home campaigns. The majority of those games are RPGs, but miniature war games hit the guild tables as well, along with the occasional board game. Some events also feature instructional clinics and roundtable discussions on a variety of game rules, techniques, and theories so all participants can share their experience and learn more about the hobby from each other. The Guild also has planned gaming-free social outings on those random Fifth Fridays that pop up some month. And of course, members of the LRPG take part in area conventions as players and game masters, as well as coordinate some activities with other gaming clubs. For more information on the Lakeland Role-Playing Guild, visit the website at lakeland rpg com or check out the social media at facebook.com slash Lakeland Roleplaying Guild and on Twitter at Lakeland RPG plus hashtag Dice on the Road. Lakeland Roleplaying Guild. They play games. This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Come check out the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce live at Free Play Florida. So far we've got confirmed guests Billy Mitchell, Walter Day, George Lowe, the voice of Space Ghost on Cartoon Network, Keith Apicary, classic gaming whiz and self-proclaimed Sega CEO, Scott Adams, legendary creator of text-based adventures, and our good friend Brian Colon, creator of Rampage and our rivals. There will also be over 200 games at this event, including three 10-foot arcade cabinets featuring classic games like Star Wars. There will also be a console museum. Go get tickets at wp.freeplayflorida.com. Friday's going to be 25 bucks. Saturday is 30. Sunday is 25 bucks. Kids are, of course, $5. You can get the whole weekend, Johnny, for 60. And also, there's going to be an awesome Saturday night party 
which is $15, but it's going to be from 11.30 to 3 a.m. Full arcade, music, plus live performances, and it's all at the newly renovated Double, Double Tree SeaWorld. So you definitely want to go check it out, and don't forget to tell them that the Happy, Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. Grove Roots Brewing Company, the official beer sponsor of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Find them in downtown Winter Haven, Florida. They're also on Facebook.com forward slash Grove Roots Brewing and GroveRoots.com. Hey gang, this is Christian Basil from Mark Who 42, the Doctor Who radio show and podcast on iHeartRadio, and I'm happy to be on Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Well, back from break, and yes. man, as always, we got the amazing Christian uh, uh, Basil. I got it right that time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, with us, and uh, Johnny, do you got any more Doctor Who questions? Yeah, you know, I, I, yeah. I'm such a staunch and hardcore Star Wars fan. Like, if you were to see our... You're only seeing the banner. For those that are at home, they can't see the video. But you're only seeing the banner. But if I were to turn it around, you'd see my shrine to Star Wars. That was like my first love, really, uh, growing up. Uh, and I talk to fans, you know. Uh -huh. There's prequels, and then there's the new. And there's people that are hardcore. Like, they only watch the original trilogy. They don't care for the prequels. There's fans out there that, that appreciate both. They're, they're into the new stuff. Is there a fan base like that with Doctor Who where oh, you yeah. have your generation that did not doesn't watch the new Who? They just they think it's just oh. how does that work? Um, well, I with the coming of Jodie Whittaker taking over the role of the Thirteenth Doctor, you got to see a little bit more about the Who universe fan base, and it's it's kind of weird, it's kind of scary. Some people were very accepting about Jodie taking the role. Uh, for me, I, I kind of call them. Uh, there, there are three stages of my life, as far as the person taking over right now, as far as Jody taking on, being the first female doctor. Had you asked, told me that twenty years ago that there would be a female doctor, I'm like, what the hell? No, not a chance in hell. No way. It's got to be a man. This is the way it's been, and so always going to be. Ten years ago, I'm going like, uh, well, okay. I, it sounds like an idea, but I don't think they're going to do it. And now in this day and age. I'm very open. I'm very acceptable. Uh, you know, times have changed. I've grown up. I, I, I don't want to, you know, matured for a better term, but I'm willing to take this chance and take a look at it. And especially if this, uh, this series is supposed to go on for 50 more years, it's going to have to take chances that may be uncomfortable for my generation because they've always seen him as the, the, the classic male doctor. He's always been the father figure. But what if one time it became a female? You know, how would that change? It's an alien. It's, a, you know, that kind of process may be acceptable, but I know some people, you know, you, you have, like you say, you have two, maybe even more people in the fandom that have just, you know, their, 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 their differences. You have the younger generation. And for, at one time, I think they were going to try to change the term Hoovian to Dweeks or some weird like that. Like, no, no, we're Hoovians. It sounds more appropriate. And that's the way we are. And there's people um, coming up in my generation that kind of like bridge the gap between the two. And just say, listen, I appreciate all of Doctor Who. I appreciate the moment that William Hartnell walked into the TARDIS to the moment that Peter Capaldi is going to drop dead and become Jodie Whittaker. And I am a big fan of Doctor Who because I love it. I love it from beginning to end. There have been times where it's been turbulent. But I think in the fan base, you kind of have a broad spectrum. And it's not for everybody. 
I mean, they may like one doctor and may not like the next doctor. They may skip Jody and then come back. They may skip David. I know people, they're actually David Tennant haters. But it's it, that's what's so great about this series. You, you can like one story and not like the other. You can like one series and not like the other. You can like one doctor and not like the other. You have a chance to pick and choose what's your favorite. But as long as you have a love and a passion for, for the way I do with the series, you, I, I, I think people will get it. You don't have to like all 800 some odd episodes. Good yeah. luck to you on that one. But and you'll have your favorite. I, there there's some episodes like what the hell were they thinking? And back then when they were talking about Wibbly Wobbly when I was growing up, they were talking about the movie the, the sets on this, you know, the, you know on the on the uh, on the stage. You know, uh, back then what we kind of joke around if if you want to cosplay any of the 70s monsters, you can just go to your office depot, get some bubble wrap, get some green paint, boom, you're wearing. I mean, that was actually high tech during that time because nobody ever heard of bubble wrap back in the 70s. Today, you know, now we got the CGI and I'm more appreciative of that because we actually have the technology that matches the imagination of the writers that they didn't have a chance back then. Yeah, go ahead. That was one of the great things with Classic Who, Johnny, was because the stories were so good that you would get past the stilted acting and the bad special effects and the bad makeup because you're like, this story's so good. And to kind of bring it back to what you're talking about, the doctor, like when when New Who started, like I remember David Tennant and then I remember Matt Smith. And like I know a lot of people that jumped off the bandwagon when Capaldi came on because they're like, who's this old guy? Our doctor's not old. And I'm like, you must not have watched Doctor Who that long because, like, the original Doctor was really old, and there was a lot of older men who played the role, right. um, you know, in the original uh, older versions of Doctor Who. So a lot of people kind of jumped off because I know a lot of people were like, well, I like him. He's younger. He's closer to my age. He's, like, somebody I want to hang out with, and this guy is like my grandpa. And, you know, so it kind of changes the dynamic. Well, my thing, from my perspective, from the outsider's uh-huh. perspective, who's only watched, I think I've watched the first two episodes of The New Who, that's it. I, so I should probably give it more episodes under my belt. Uh, I felt like Doctor Who, when I, you know, growing up, I was, I tried to keep my finger on the pulse of nerd culture and all that, but I've always was aware of Doctor Who, but I, I didn't have access to BBC America or whatever it was on at the time, PBS or whatever it was, and so it wasn't like I had, I knew of it, but I never watched it. And then I personally saw a huge shift and Doctor Who, even for me, who hasn't watched the show really, I saw every convention, it was just Whovians everywhere. And it was younger kids. So I, yeah. I kind of think it was really cool for the fandom, for the franchise, to be able to kind of reju- rejuvenate, literally and figuratively, the series. And when you have people that only watch the new Who, I mean, there's people out there that that's their Doctor Who, right? That theirs is the new Who, right? That's the only thing they know, and they don't want to watch the old stuff, and that's okay, you know. Mm-hmm. But you have to, like Deuce said, you gotta have to appreciate where it came from, you know, and you have to appreciate the, even if there is like some sort of you know low low budget or whatever. Because like me being a, a huge Twilight Zone fan, like there I I can oh. relate. Twilight Zone had probably arguably the best writing in television period. Yes, uh, but. There was some cheesy acting. There was first-time actors. There, were, I mean, Shatner got one of his main roles in you know uh, Twilight Zone before he was even really doing anything, you know. Yeah, uh, I, and so it was Burgess like Burgess Meredith. Oh yeah, that episode was awesome. 
Oh man! I mean that the, the end. I mean every the first episode. I think was wasn't the uh, first episode where they were launching a guy into space and they were actually simulating, but he believed he was he was in a town or where something. Where is like. everybody? Yep, that was the where first is episode. everybody? Yep, mm-hmm. Ex- exactly. And I mean they it just had wonderful stories, and I'm not downing it at all because Twilight Zone has probably some of the best stories. But I grew up Doctor Who, right? And so. um, that yeah, that's that's just the way it is, and you you will have some of your diverse. Uh, you're going to have some of the diverse, put going on when I grew up, it was a different attitude. It was a different time. It was a different scenario. When we grew up, we looked at the doctor as like a father figure. We looked at him as the, the, the senior in the room. We, you know, we were always with the companion who was kind of the kid and, you know, kind of, you know, rebelled against dad, but always knew their place with dad. Flash forward to 2005 I think the reason why the new generation is getting used to it is because now it's no longer the foggy the figure. It's kind of like the brother or somebody that we can relate to now, not just look up to, but we want somebody we can actually feel for and, and, and understand. So now we have younger doctors. And what was the progression that I keep on seeing on the memes with uh, Spider-Man and as an anime? Anime, yeah. It's like she keeps getting younger and younger, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They said at some point it's just going to be Spider-Man's a baby and and, and Aunt May's going to be like a 10-year-old teen, (laughs) you know, like a teenager or something like that. And people had thought that's what was happening with Doctor Who. The Doctor is supposed to get younger. And I said, no, 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 that was never the case. Um, If you watch the classic series, they did get uh, Peter Davison took on the role i think he was like 25 or something like that uh, he was, yeah, he was pretty time, young at the doctor. time and that was shocking people were like losing their shit like they're like oh my god like this guy is so young what what are they doing exactly. with the doctor and then to fast forward it to where you've got like david Tennant, who was super young and matt smith who was a baby in comparison to like all the other doctors like it was like a changing of the guard but i think once they got to knew who, I think they kind of had their finger on the pulse of like the audience, and I think they kind of knew more what the audience wanted and gave them what they wanted. And I really think, uh, at least for fandom wise, there, there's two things that we've really wanted: is we've wanted a female doctor, and we've also wanted an African American doctor. And I feel like, well, at least we got the female doctor, so maybe next regeneration we might get lucky and actually get an African American doctor, because it has always been Caucasian folks every single time um and i think that maybe that'll be next maybe they'll get really crazy and give us a ginger doctor but you know i can only hold out hope for that for so long so but that, that might be the case or like we like we said he's an alien so who, who knows that the next person to take on is i am groot yeah <laughs> that's and that's the other thing that's never that. happened is the doctor right. has never been alien i mean the doctor is an alien but he's never regenerated to be an actual alien and at one point i thought maybe they would kick that idea down the road a little bit like what if we did a season and actually made him a like a full-on alien and see what happened well i think a lot of that has to do with budget but well, what's the story behind that just to give me the cliff notes why is he humanoid if he's an alien uh it's know? it's been that way for the while there his race uh the time lords um are a race of people who can change their parents they they were for the longest time uh hands off they would watch the universe that's all they did they wouldn't interfere with anything they wouldn't correct anything all they did was watch the universe make it sure like the watchers from marvel comics pretty much so and then one day you know raiden (laughs) 
Are we talking about Mortal Kombat, you said? No, no, I'm saying Marvel Comics because, like, oh, uh, the Comics Watchers too. were kind of the same way. Oh, like, there's always yeah. the Watcher, and he watches everything, and he chrono chronologically, like, writes everything down. But, like, he would never interfere. He's like a record he, keeper. Yeah, like, for the right, universe. Like, he chip. doesn't, like, interfere. And for a long time, like you said, the Time Warners were like that. They were like, look, you know, humans are over here, these aliens are over here. Like, we're just doing our own thing and whatever. And the Doctor was like, no, man, peace out. And he stole right. the he stole the TARDIS, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm out of here, man. See it." So, and there's kind of been the story the story arc that's been going on. The first, he doesn't even mention his people. We just know he ran away from his people in his first life. His second life, he actually gets captured, and we start seeing the backstory uh, with uh, Patrick Trout, who played the Second Doctor in the in the episode called The War Games, where he mentions that he ran away from his people, and he said he got bored. Um, later on in the story, we kind of see different aspects as to why he left Gallifrey, which is his home planet. He 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 saw the injustice out throughout the universe while the Time Lords just stood there and just said, listen, we're not screwing with anything. We're just making sure that the universe is in check. We're just here to watch. So he goes out there, does his thing, protects planets, takes care of people, protects civilizations, and the Time Lords finally catch up to him and say, okay – we gotta, we gotta, we gotta look at this. You know, uh, you have a great strong case, but we still have to be the people who make sure that there's no interference throughout the universe. So what they do is, in his third life, they exile him to Earth, shut off his TARDIS, and say you're stuck there, which was actually uh, the BBC's way of not having to spend money on budget, so they kind of exiled him to Earth, <laughs> and his TARDIS didn't go anywhere. So he spent the whole time trying to get back into space with his TARDIS. Um, then he finally gets redeemed in his third life, his fourth life, and then so on. He's going out battling monsters. And in some cases, the Time Lords go, you know what? Um, there's something going wrong over here. We don't want to go and interfere, but we know you'll interfere, so you go. And it, the story has run long up until his eighth life, which is the uh, coming of the Time War where the, his enemy, the Daleks, the first enemy that he finally meets up with, finally kind of get in a position of power to try to take on the Time Lords and take him out. And uh, he finally goes, you know, I don't want to interfere. You know, I, I don't want to be part of this war. I'm out of it. He So he runs away again. And he said, I'll fix things where things go wrong during this war, but I'm not going to be a part of it. And at some point, uh, he meets up with the Sisters of Karn and says, listen, you are part of this war. You have to deal with this. So coming in what we call the war doctor, he finally says, I'm dropping the doctor title and I'm becoming this warrior. So he goes into the fight, the time war, which is actually the time that the series went off the air and he comes back as the ninth doctor and he's, he's made this decision that the only way to stop this war was to kill off everybody, the Daleks and his kind so now he comes back in the new series of the 2005 reboot he's damaged goods he's like i've done this and now he's got the weight of the universe on him because this war has really taken on the universe and has spread across and he's still trying to fix it in his ninth life and then later on 10 11 and 12 when we get to the 50th anniversary where he decides not to blow both races up he changes his mind he convinces his war self 
don't hit that button. Let's, you know, we've got another way of doing this now that we have more doctors in the realm. It's kind of weird and con- <laughs> it's weird yeah, and see convoluted. Looks on your face going, yeah. like, what the hell is he talking yeah, it's, about? It's 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 a lot to digest. I because, have more questions. Yeah, I, I think like, that's the well. Thing. There's so much lore that you've got to digest. Right. Because yeah. This, yeah. this show has been on for so long. It's like Star Trek, like uh, or even Star Wars for that matter. There's so much lore and backstory. The more you add to it, but it, it always is a fun ride. The main question I have, and I think you already answered it, he yeah. remember he, it or whatever. I don't know if it's a male or now it could be female, whatever. The the Time Lord, that's the Doctor. Uh huh. He remembers everything, or is the, or does he not remember everything every time he regenerates? Oh well, well since it's no longer a spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. It's been out there. Uh, I don't, I don't know. How, um, You're not sure you how okay to answer. My spoiler. Yeah, for no, you? that's yeah, fine. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Um, in the 50th anniversary, it goes back to the moment that he is going to blow up his home planet and the Daleks at the same time to end the war, and his and his 11th persona, which is kind of the end of his life at this moment. Um, the, the, the weapon itself actually has a conscious and has a power of its own. So what it does is it actually makes the war doctor see his future selves. So they come in to help the war doctor and go like, this is the moment I want to show you what you're going to turn into. So it's almost like, uh, the, the ghost of Christmas future coming in and telling him, listen, this is what you're going to end up like. And the war doctor for a while goes, I don't want to end up like them. You know, I, I, I'm going to hit this button. <laughs> and, you know, I'm just going to do it. And it's like, you know, I'm not the doctor. He's actually dropped the title at this moment, trying to, and I'm sorry if I'm probably confusing your audience to, to, to the umpteenth power there. But um, finally, he notices something in his future self that there's one difference at this moment that he's about to hit the button. His other selves are with him. So they decide they're going to mount a defense, and the 12th, the 11th Doctor closes up the moment, says, we're not going to hit this button. We're going to actually do something to Gallifrey. And what they do is they summon up all of his previous selves to make an equation that starts from the very beginning of his life all the way up to the point of that time. And they figure out how they're going to take Gallifrey out of the, out of the universe so at the moment that the Daleks do their final battle, they blow each other up instead of blowing up Gallifrey. And the Doctors take, the, take Gallifrey and put him in this pocket universe, and the Daleks put on the biggest battle, and they end up blowing up themselves. But to the rest of the universe, it looked like they wiped themselves out. The problem is with the way that the way that the and the it's kind of like a, the, the mulligan is that because the Doctor is with his other selves, it kind of, you know, the timelines have to straighten themselves out so he forgets everything that has happened. Ah. So he still thinks that he's blown up Gallifrey and he's blown up his, his other, the Daleks, but he, at the moment that he goes back, he goes, you know what, I'm the Doctor again. So it's a beautiful moment uh, for the 50th anniversary. It was well written for the way that they could only do it. And I know I wanted the previous Doctors to come in, but... Um, you know, for whatever reason, they decided to just have clips of them in, no, in this. The anniversary is that the thing you went to at that? Yeah, that's place. the thing yeah. where I, I went to over in Orlando. Like they had a viewing party for it, which was really really cool. And I've got to say that was one of the coolest Doctor Who experiences for me because I was caught up so I could fully enjoy the moment, 
and but also it, it's and I think this is with anything when you're watching it with a big group of people that are all in the same fandom as you that it makes it that much more special. Like if you're just watching at home, it's great, but it's completely different when you're with a couple hundred people. I hundred percent agree with agree, that. Love yep. what you're enjoying. Oh yeah. Oh, if you ever want to watch a Disney movie and have the best experience, wait until the cast members go out there to watch the movie. Yeah. It makes the movie that much better. If you want to watch, yeah, if you want to watch Star Wars or any geekdom, make sure the fans are out there because they're going to improve it by tenfold because they're laughing harder at the jokes, they're enjoying stuff, they're ooing and eyeing at everything. But if you wait until later on when, you know, an audience who's not familiar with what's going on, they, you know, they don't have the geekdom and the passion. And you can tell the audience is like mm, having a different approach and, and a different reaction to things. So I can only I can only compare it to uh, when I saw um, uh, the reboots or not reboots, but the uh, the remastered for Star Wars, the original trilogy, yeah. when that came out in like 97 or whatever it was. I remember going into it, and I'd never seen Star Wars in theaters before. And uh, right. it, I went in there, and it was just this craziest surreal moment because you had people from from the original g- generation that watched it in '77, and then you had people that were like young, like really young, like they were like maybe 10, 11 years old, watching Star Wars for the first time. And I remember just being this amazing experience because I was getting goosebumps. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it, uh, and it just just seeing that Star Wars is still alive and like that's see that's like my baby like for me so like the way you guys are with Doctor Who that's the way I am with Star Wars so it's like mm. I can relate to that so it's it's like there's being in a room with someone that loves what you love and you guys have that you can almost feel the energy in that room it's it's, mm. it's incredible like so I think for me as an outside uh, outsider's perspective I think it's great for the franchise for Doctor Who that you had that that new who reboot or whatever the new new series because i think it really catapulted the series uh and bbc right it catapulted them into a whole different direction and i and i think it's great because eventually one day we're only going to have digital services there's not going to be cable anymore i think it's that's where we're going and i think that's where technology is leading us you're going to be able to instantly do the netflix model you're gonna have a whole season out there for your viewing and then it'll be there, right, for everyone to check out. And I think that's where we're going. Uh, I don't know CBS, you know, if they're trying to capture that, you know, Star Trek Discovery, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. If they're trying to yeah. capture that, but eventually that people aren't going to be watching cable anymore. It's going to be all, you know, digital services or, or whatnot. Disney wants to do the same thing, and all these other places are wanting to kind of jump on the Netflix model, if you will. Uh, and I think one day BBC, like you said earlier, I think BBC America will do something like that. And uh, I think for people that want to go back and catch the original series or go back and check out the new stuff, you know, I think it's a good way for them to, you know, chronicle that. And I think Deuce and I are huge wrestling fans. And yeah. the WWE Network is a perfect example. You're able to go yeah. back and watch stuff from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s today. And I think that's really cool for people that are in that are fan of it, you go back and learn, you know, and you get to see where it comes from. And I think that's the biggest point that I've gotten from you two tonight yeah. is that you guys are passionate about Doctor Who as a whole, and you guys respect it for, for the original now and the future. And that's a cool way to look at it because you, you know, I talk to a fan that's only watches the original, mm-hmm. and that's that's all they like is the original Who, and that's fine. But I also feel like that you miss out on opportunities for some great stuff with the new Who, and I think vice versa. If you're a fan of the new Who, you're missing out on some, you know, some amazing stuff that happened in the original Who. So I think it's cool to kind of open your mind, broaden your mind, because you said earlier you've kind of opened up your own mind, you know, and and stuff. So I think that's really cool that 
you know, you're able to do that, and I hope more people can do that. And I'm, I'm going to try my best to yeah. do that, you know. It's going to be hard to find it. I think it's going to be the only That's my only, right yeah, now, the but, only uh, hurdle I have to yeah. go through. But I, I love uh, the passion that you I guys. I have to drag you guys over to the house. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'd, I'd be Take down. Take a few days off of work. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd be down. Seriously, I, I think that's my main thing is I need to I, – I'll start off with a new who, and I, I think I need to – Get through the 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 two. Yeah, the first like five to six. I'm not even gonna lie. The first five to six for me were really hard to get through. And then once like the the main story arc of that season started popping off, I'm like, okay, now I'm getting to enjoy this more. And yeah. then a little bit after that's when Captain Jack shows up, which is John Barrowman, who's one of my favorite characters of all of Doctor Who. And like as soon as he was on board, I'm like, all right, I'm locked in now. I'm dialed in. Like I'm not. Well, leaving. I love David Tennant as an actor, so I I feel like I'm already biased towards him. I, yeah. I just feel like I'm gonna like him as a doctor because I love him as an actor. Oh yeah. So I feel like I'm already kind of cheating myself a little bit. I'm like, I'm probably gonna love that doctor the most because I love him as an actor. So I I you know, and then of course Jessica Jones. I mean, I the dude is solid. He's stellar actor. So I feel like. Scrooge McDuck for crying out loud. He is. I mean, the dude is—he's got a lineage already, but, right? So, let me put something this way, guys, sure. and, I, I th- and I think we are seeing a progression. I think that's even bigger because we've been talking about passions, and you have a passion for Star Wars as, as much as I do for Doctor Who. One of the things I love about conventions, and this is uh, th- there's two types of people out there, which kind of me as far as geekdom is concerned. What I've called the football mentality, which is. My favorite is Harry Potter. That's it. I don't deal with anybody else. I'm out here cosplaying Harry Potter. I'm done. You know, and I'm not criticizing Harry Potter fans. That was just an example there. But I'm seeing more and more that people are sharing their passions like we are. You'll see Darth Vader holding a TARDIS, which I do a lot. And if I've anybody seen wants pictures. To check out, yeah, I've seen yeah, pictures. Yeah, the Legend of the Traveling TARDIS on Facebook. Joining up, I mean, it's. I, I take this TARDIS, and now uh, you know there's people interacting, there's actors and stuff like that. But you'll see Ray, you know, helping the Tenth Doctor fight off, you know, the the bad guy in 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 um. In, in, you know, uh, in in Harry Potter or something like that, Voldemort or something like that, and you'll see the cosplayers taking on passion, and I, th- and I think that it's it, it's just a wonderful thing that geekdom does not have any limits. It doesn't have any color barriers. It doesn't have any sexism barriers. It just tells a story, and that's why I think about the wonderful about the cosplayers because they will not end the story for what they have on. They want to embrace it but they'll also meet another cosplayer who may not be part of their genre and they're willing to share it so when i bring you guys over to show you doctor who you're part entering my geekdom and then i'll spend some time sitting with you guys watching the you know the remakes of the new star wars or going out and seeing a star wars movie but now you're seeing a share of passion for everything to start bringing in love and not only that but to understand each other why do you love doctor who why do you love star wars but if you can combine those things up, I think you really are seeing something that's wonderful. And the only other outlet that I've seen this in that comes even close is the Lego movies and the Lego video games where you see Doc Brown, Doctor Who and, uh, you know, uh, and one of the ghost and one of the Ghostbusters going up there and they're fighting, you know, they're play fighting each other. I mean, stuff like that. I think we're seeing a new thing where there's just not going to be any limits anywhere. That the story doesn't end when when the when the scene's over. I agree, and I, I it's I appreciate you like taking time to talk to us and to answer my questions because, like I 
I think it's helped me put things in perspective because, like, I've known Deuce for a long time. And he loves Doctor Who. But I don't really get a chance to talk to uh, – because I don't go to – because I don't know a lot about Doctor Who. So I don't go yeah. to places that people watch Doctor Who. So it's like I don't – I think I just need to go and give it a shot. And I and I, I think it's cool that you kind of – you gave me your point of view on the series growing up with it on PBS and whatnot and then going into the new Who. And so it's kind of cool to get your take on it, someone um, – that I, I just pretty much met for the first time, you know, on the podcast. And I think it's cool for me to kind of hear your, because passions speak volumes, right? Like yes. you see someone that's passionate about something, it, it gets you excited because you see how excited they are. And I think that, oh, yeah. you know, I think that's, that's what you did for me tonight. Yeah. I saw your passion and, and not, you know, not see, but I heard your passion. and could feel it, you know, on this end. And I think that's really cool. And I, I think that's kind of inspired me to want to, you know, check it out. So, you know. I, th- I think the I think we've recorded for about an hour ten minutes. I think an hour of that's been me <laughs> just yeah. learning on more about Doctor Who. And uh, if I could actually do, wait a minute, do you, did you say, want to say something there? No, 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 you're good, man. Oh, okay. Um, one of the things I liked about being one of the conventions, and I don't remember, was a cosplayer who I was standing next to. And we, when we're at the booth, we play um, Doctor Who stuff. We play music and and Doctor Who. Uh, 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 stuff that's going on from the TV series so that people can be immersed when they come to our booth and, and, and look at our merchandise and stuff like that. And there was a cosplayer right next to her. She was dressed as Wonder Woman. And she goes, I, I've seen you just talk to these people and you just, I can see you love the show. And I said, can you tell me a little bit about it? And what was about to play, and maybe Deuce, you're familiar with this. You remember the Pandorka, uh, the Pandorka? Yes. There's the scene where the doctor is standing on the cliff, uh, uh, on the rock at Stonehenge. And I'll, uh, and I'll do the same thing for you there, Johnny. Uh, and she and she's listening, and that music is playing with his dialogue going at the same time. And I said, this is the most wonderful character that I can think of in the universe. Because he's standing on a rock in the middle of Stonehenge, and every single enemy that he's ever fought is up there. He's trying to protect something underneath called the Pandorka, which is supposed to be the ultimate weapon in the universe, or houses the ultimate weapon in the universe, but he doesn't know what it is. But all of his enemies up there, the Centaurans, the Cybermen, Daleks, and everything like that, and he goes on this loudspeaker that he creates, and he basically tells them off. He gives them a ripping, and he dares them, and he's up there with all... If there was a poker game, he would have his cards all laid out, and all you would see are, you know, every suit and the numbers wouldn't match up. But he said, go ahead. And he puts himself all in and he dares him. And the one thing that he tells him, let some, you know, do the smart thing. Let somebody else try first. These guys could have wiped him out. They could have just pushed a button and blew him up. But because his reputation and who he is and how he's been throughout the universe and what he's done, what he stood up for and what he's done to these monsters – all he has is his reputation standing on that stone, and they fly away. They give up. They're like, well, no, we're not going to be the first one to take you down because we know there's something going on. He can tell them off, and that's all he's got. And I told her, I said, your passion is Wonder Woman. Could you imagine Wonder Woman standing up on a rock, and all of her enemies are there, and she doesn't have her lasso, and she doesn't have her little gauntlets to protect her from the bullets, and she's lost her immortality, and she basically says, okay, who wants to go first? And all of her enemies just kind of back away. <laughs> that's the doctor. That's cool. That's yeah, what... It's a great, that, great, great show, man. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm definitely intrigued. I think I want to do my homework and try to, you know, 
yeah. check it out and watch you know watch more of the series and whatnot because I, I I I can count on all. F- I can I know so many people that love Doctor Who. Uh, I mean, yeah. it, countless people that love Doctor Who, and I kind of always feel like I'm the odd man out because when that comes up, I kind of. Don't know anything. I know what a Dalek is. Yeah. I know what a TARDIS is because I see them don't, everywhere. But don't I don't. Really... I have not even seen one episode of Supernatural. I've seen one Harry Potter, and it's only because David Tennant was in it. I'm still trying to. It, it, one of the hardest things I tell people, I said, it's really just timing because you and I, you know, we run podcasts. We're trying to market. We're trying to get guests and all that stuff. And I really don't even have time. And I, I actually. Um, there's a series called, um, and I really recommend it because our friend Jeremy Palco from Walking Dead, he's in it, called uh, Bloodline. And but the thing is, it's an hour long per episode. I was just like, geez, I, you know, but it's a great story and it takes place in Key West. That's why I love it. The scenery alone, yeah, for the location is just awesome. But uh, it, it, you just gotta find time to do this. I'm like, I don't have time. By the time, like uh, Game of Thrones. Um, I'm starting to watch the first two episodes. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> but I, I'm afraid to tell people. I'm just like, by the way, I started Game of Thrones, and it's just like, oh yeah, you got like eight or ten seasons. I'm like, oh Jesus, yeah, you got a minute <laughs> on that one, man. <laughs> like, oh okay. Yeah. So I already know what happens in series eight. So I'm like, <laughs> right. Maybe I just start off in series eight and just run with it and see what happens. So, but I'm, I'm starting from the beginning. But I understand, you know, it's hard to start any geekdom sometimes if they've been if they have longevity. And at some point, you're like, I can't really start this. Even if I start it, I probably won't finish it either. I think it's the same thing with comic books because comic books, yeah. especially if you have a, a character that's had a lineage. Like I, I give a perfect example about Spider-Man. You know. Back in the day, Spider-Man was only one or two different types of comics, and and then all of a sudden it started branching out. You had Web of Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, Sensational Spider-Man, and you had all these Spider-Man comics. And then I was just like, where do I start? Because I hadn't been mm-hmm. into I, like I think a, I took a reprieve from comics for college or whatever. I think a lot of us did that, and like I didn't read as much. I think I, it was like maybe like seven eight years I didn't read comics, and then I got back into it, and I didn't know where to begin. I was like. So uh, it it's, exactly. uh, it's kind of feels overwhelming, a daunting task, but you got to make the time, you know, and sacrifice other things, you know, and that's just how it is uh, with any sort of uh, thing you're passionate about, you know, just try to make the time, you know, and, you know, if it, and if you love it, you'll you'll make the time, right? right. I guess that's that's sure. the way it is. And uh, Christian, I, I appreciate taking time on your busy schedule. And, uh, you know, I've learned yeah. a lot tonight. So it's how can they find you on the Internet? Uh, they can find me personally on Facebook, Christian Basil. Uh, they, uh, I'm also on Inst- I'm also on Instagram as the Traveling Tardis, as well as uh, Twitter. Um, they can definitely, guys, if you if you want to hear more about us geeking out, more stories, and also um, we also talk sci-fi. Marku forty two dot net, our uh, iHeartRadio show, now going into year five, approaching number two hundred. Um, guys, check it out if you have a love for Doctor Who. Definitely want to check us out, and also keep an eye on, on the conventions that we're going up to. Uh, this year we're wrapping it up. Unfortunately, like you said, Space Coast Comic Con didn't make it through. Hopefully, we'll make it then to twenty eighteen. Uh, the next stop will be Tampa Bay Megacon at the Tampa Bay Convention Center, which is at the end of this um, month. I think it's the 29th through the 1st of October. And the second week in October, we are going to be flying out to uh, Time Lord Expo in Dayton, Ohio. And then I believe we are wrapping up the year. Mark is going to be at Time Lord... Uh, I forgot what it was called. It's Time Lord... 
Time Lord, the Time Lord Ball, which is actually hosted by Ken Spivey, who does Time Lord um, Fest. Shoot. <laughs> Because I'm getting the Time Lord conventions messed up. Uh, but uh, Mark will be out there uh, New Year's Eve uh, for Time Lord Ball. And I think so, that's in Tampa because Kevin Spivey runs ex- the Time Lord Fest, and that's out of Tampa. Correct. It will be out of Tampa. All this information is on our on our Facebook page if you want to check it out and come see us. Um, definitely we're starting up for 2018 next year. We're going to have a lot of events going on and uh, we're kind of excited as we go into year six what's going to be out there i mean at this point i think we will be have visited done or performed at 20 different conventions this year I and mean, it's mind-blowing that's awesome congratulations oh, yeah. awesome oh, yeah. and, and awesome. christian if you can just send us to hhpodcastshow at gmail.com uh, all Absolutely. your links and whatever pictures you want. If you want a picture of yourself with the traveling TARDIS and the Marku 42 logo, we'll put that on the cover of the episode. And pretty much any information you want us to have linked underneath, just send it to us on an email, and we'll, we'll take care of all that for you. Absolutely, guys. I appreciate this. Um, thank you for just letting me just geek out. Absolutely, <laughs> Taking man. Taking over your show. Doctor, just talking Doctor Who. I hope, did you guys have any questions for me or any I, mean, I, I learned a lot, you know, yeah. this, and it's it was great to kind of hear your your point, your your perspective on it, and uh, I, you know, I just appreciate you sharing that, you know, with us today. And uh, I, you know, for me, someone that you know understands the idea of passions for something, I can definitely relate to, you know, your your passions for Doctor Who, and and uh, I think it's really cool. And I hope to meet you one day in person, because I mean, I. Deuce oh, talks about you guys all the time, and yeah. you know, I've, I've you guys, your name had preceded you. I'd heard of the Marky Forty Two before we started a podcast, so yeah. you guys definitely have a, a lineage, a history there. So it's it's really cool to kind of meet you, and uh, uh, hopefully, I get to do that in person sometime. We can geek out more. So, Thank well, you. I don't, I don't know how to say this, but I'm becoming your fan, and I actually heard uh, you guys doing. Um, I think you had Gothic Sushi. I think uh, Deuce, you interviewed. Uh, um, uh, Cassandra Crimson Robin. Yes, Robin. yes, yes. And you guys did, um, which I'm very jealous because I was on my best behavior when I had to do this because uh, we're kind of more of a family show. But you guys had John St. John, and it was just hysterical. I, I was running in uh, at work play, listening to it, and I was just laughing my ass off. Oh, man, it, <laughs> I got to say, John. that John St. John was awesome. Class and, act. Uh, class was act. Awesome. He was yeah. really, really cool. And uh, I, I couldn't. I, I to be honest with you, I just couldn't believe we even got the interview. And some kudos to you because you helped us out a lot with that interview. So thank you again. Oh, he's a wonderful guy. I mean, I, I had a wonderful time. The problem is, we have a kids. We're more family oriented, so I'm like, you guys were able to let it loose, and I was like, okay, this is going to be more of a friendlier interview. Yeah, <laughs> I can't swear. We can't do anything, and I mean, I, I was like, can I just put in the outtakes and do like an after dark episode with this? <laughs> just like, damn it, <laughs> no. Oh my gosh! Well, thank you so much, Christian, and uh, I look forward to. Uh, seeing more of your success and also being able to meet you in person one day. So, and you too, guys. I hope to see you out there somewhere along the way. By all means, I'm now uh, a happy hour fan. Awesome. Hashtag man. Deuces on the Loose. Hashtag Deuces sure. on the Loose. Thank you, sir. And uh, definitely, uh, people listen to the episode, go check out Marku42, go check them out live events. Uh, you know, just buy their stuff. Buy their stuff. <laughs> support them. Support yeah, them. Support the local podcasts out there. So, and uh, 
Speaking of local podcasts, yep, you can check us out yep. at HH Podcast Show on the Twitter machine. You can also hit us up at hhpodcastshow at gmail.com. Don't forget to send us your letters for Buck the Mega Buck the Mega Buck. We are going back to the Retro Game Treasure Compound soon, and I want a full mailbag. So I want you guys to send in all of your questions so we can have them for them. Also, you can find us at Facebook.com forward slash Happy Hour Podcast Show and SoundCloud.com forward slash Happy Hour Podcast. We're over 300 episodes now, guys. We got a ton of celebrity guests, a lot of fun stuff for you to listen to. So go check it out. Check out all the older episodes and and just have a good time because it's always a good time here at the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. And of course, when you're on the Twitter machine, there's not one, there's not two, but there are three hashtags. Hashtag Happy Hour Podcast. Hashtag HH Podcast Show. And here we go. Here we go. Hashtag Deuces on the Loose. Later. Yeah.